I'm always encouraging everyone to prioritize health over the taste of food. And whenever I see a video or an article or something that's talking about how we should eat, I pay attention because I know that these bits of information are going to influence the way people manage their food. Recently, I came across the movie The Game Changers, which is a, supposed to be a documentary following an athlete about how he learned the true optimal food source for humans. And I want to go through that movie today because I was super amazed at how inaccurate. So it, it, it was frustrating to me to see how inaccurate some of the things that were being said were. And from a psychologist's point of view, I'm going to tell you the things that made me doubt the movie. At the end of the day, each one of you needs to make your own decision. I'm hoping that when I tell you why I doubted the movie, you're going to do more research, right? Don't take my word for it. Do more research and help yourself to understand if you see the same things that I see. Because for me, this was a movie, not a documentary. And I'm going to explain to you why I think that. I'm going to get some notes here. See, a documentary is a non-fictional motion picture intended to document reality, primarily for the purpose of instruction, education, or maintaining a historical record. Now, the first thing that I'm going to point out that in this movie made me think, this is a movie, not a documentary, is this. They talk about gladiators. And the thing that they start off by saying is that gladiators were prized fighters who received the best food and medical care. Now, you know what? I think that if we look at what the average person today would say, if I said to you, what do you think a gladiator is? They might believe that a gladiator is someone who's courageous and willing to go up against all odds um, to, to overcome a challenge. But the problem is in the movie, they were talking about historical gladiators. So, okay, so there's multiple things that I find wrong with this, but let's start with the first part, which is they're talking about historical gladiators. So the original gladiators. Gladiators were slaves and criminals. So they were used as entertainment for the upper class. So they weren't prized. They were actually treated like, like entertainment. So they were fed and housed in a way that was what we would definitely consider inhumane. But yet in the movie, they present as if the gladiators were prized. Those original gladiators were fed vegetation because they weren't worth feeding meat. Don't, don't forget that meat is a commodity that's expensive. So they weren't feeding the slaves meat. Basically, we start the movie off with them giving us a version of history that's inaccurate, which makes me nervous because whenever I see that they're giving a version of history that's inaccurate, when they're giving you information and they're only giving you part of the information, you wonder why are they not giving you the rest of the information? I started, like, we weren't even 15 minutes into the movie and I'm already doubting the veracity of the things that I'm going to learn in the movie. Just to take the idea of gladiators a step further, I want everybody to think about this. So. Now that we are aware that gladiators were slaves and criminals and being used for entertainment, I want you to think, would you consider that the people who do cockfights or the people who do those, those dogfights to the death, those, those, those banned activities in North America, would you consider that those people love their animals, prize their animals, 
would you consider that those people are treating their animals in the best possible way? We wouldn't, right? We would clearly understand that they don't actually care about the animal more so than winning the fight to win the bet. I want us to be very careful that when we're looking at information that suggests that the way that they fed their slaves was the way that we should feed ourselves, we would pause on that. The other thing to keep in mind about the way that the gladiators were taken care of is they did mention that they got the best medical care. So gladiators were there for entertainment. Did they give the medical care enough to make sure that they were able to make it to the next fight if they survived? 100%. But the flip side of the coin is that about 20% of the gladiators that entered the ring never left. If they cared so much about their physical health, then these fights wouldn't have been to the death. For the majority of the rest of the movie, they're talking about athletes. And they're trying to draw a parallel between the way that we fuel and feed our athletes and the way that would be optimal to fuel the rest of the population. And they're trying to draw some lines here to say that if this works for them, it's going to work for everybody else. First of all, that's not true. I'm going to get into why that's not true in a minute. However, I just want to follow their line of thinking for a second. So they end up talking about the comparison of energy sources. And they're saying that athletes make the huge mistake of believing that fueling themselves with protein is what's going to help them to win the next game or endure the next race or... And you know what? I absolutely agree with them because fueling yourself with protein isn't going to be the best fuel for your body because protein is a building block. So in actuality, they're not fueling themselves with protein unless they're starving. And since they're athletes and they're fueling themselves on a daily basis, they're not starving. So let's be clear about that. Your body will not prioritize using protein as an energy source if there's another energy source available. And in this particular movie, they clearly show that the athlete was eating protein, carbohydrates, and fat. So obviously there were other energy sources available. So the first mistake the movie is making, and I'm calling it a mistake, but I believe this was on purpose, is they're presenting protein as an energy source. Will I agree with them that maybe there are some athletes who mistakenly think that protein is an energy source? Absolutely. But in the movie, they don't actually correct that mistake. They don't say protein is a building block. They say protein is not a good energy source and therefore their athletes are making mistakes. So even for the rest of us, if there are some of us out here thinking that protein is an energy source, we're still left to believe it's an energy source is just a poor energy source. Our body is not trying to push us to eat protein because it's an energy source. Our body seeks protein because it's a building block for almost everything on us, right? We need protein to build this. So they compare protein and carbohydrates and they, they show this graph and they show how if you're eating a lot of protein, you're not leaving space for carbohydrates. Again, not really sure where they're trying to go with that piece of information because all the athletes that you see in the movie, they, you see them making their plate. First of all, the plate that they made, they put meat, there was a carbohydrate on the plate. So it's not that they weren't eating carbohydrates, that's first of all. But second of all, even if the athlete would have had a plate full of meat, there's still an energy source on there called fat, which is mentioned nowhere in the movie. At no point in this movie do they talk about 
the relationship between fueling yourself and eating fat. If this is a movie that's talking about our health, why isn't it even at least mentioned that fat is the other energy source? This is supposed to be a documentary. It's not, but it's supposed to be. And that, again, helps me to question what validity this documentary actually has. Okay, so athletes are humans. And food behaves a certain way in a human's body. What that means is that if we, as humans, so athlete humans, eat carbohydrates in a large enough amount, then our body is going to prioritize getting those carbohydrates out of the blood so it will use some of them for energy and it will store some now being an athlete i'm expending a large amount of energy that means that in the course of a day a lot of that carbohydrate that i eat will be used as energy because athletes work out for a living they're not sitting behind a computer desk or standing behind a, a counter at a checkout they're lifting heavy they're running they're doing uh, cardio and they're doing weights and and they're practicing their sport so as a general rule they're using much more energy in a day than the rest of us kind of brings me back to when i talked about the biggest loser of course if you work out like it's your job which is in this case it really is their job you're going to use a lot of energy and that's going to keep you in a certain physical shape here's the thing for the rest of us that's not the way that we function so what's going to happen as an athlete i eat a bunch of carbs my body is using a lot of energy and there's a high turnover and so a lot of that energy gets used and so i'm constantly in an energy either stability or deficit whereas a normal person who would try to eat the same way that an athlete eats but is not using the same amount of energy is going to store those carbohydrates as fat the same way that if we look at the other athletes in this movie who were initially eating a regular diet they were still in a much better physical shape than with the especially with the amount of food that they were piling down they showed you at the beginning how much food they were putting on their plate compared to if a regular person like me would be to put the same amount of standard food on my plate and we all know that story because we've all been in that story, right? Where we've gained weight over time by eating restaurant-sized meals. Okay, so the other issue that I have with this movie is that they're trying to use the athlete to determine what the average person should eat, not recognizing that the average person will not burn as much energy as the athlete. Now, how does this back up and make a problem for the average person? So if I eat the amount of energy that I actually need only from carbohydrates, then for sure I'm eating more than 20 grams of carbs per day to get the right amount of energy that I would need. Well, then if I'm doing that, what ends up happening is that when I eat all of those carbs, my body still has to put those away because I can't burn them all. Just for the sake of numbers, I'm going to say the number. If I eat two, well, 2,500 calories worth of carbs in a day which is how much energy about i eat when i eat fat there's no way that i'm going to be able to use all of that energy and like it's going to get stored it's impossible that it not get stored 
Whereas when I'm spreading that between carbs and fat, getting most of it from fat, the energy gets used. So the other issue that I have here is that they're sending the message to the grand masses that you're going to be able to eat that many carbs and yet maintain a healthy body. And I'm only talking about weight right now. There's more to say about that, but I'm just talking about weight right now. That's not reality. And if we all think about it, this has happened in more than like we've all lived this story. I'm saying we've all lived this story, but I want you to pay attention as if when you're watching the movie, there is that one athlete who doesn't actually run a lot. He was the strongest man. So being the strongest man. And I think the thing that I want everyone to pay attention to was his midsection was quite large. What do we know is happening when we have a large midsection? Fatty liver, fatty pancreas, right? Excessive amounts of fat around our internal organs. So is he strong? Yes, he is. Is he a healthy strong? That's a different question. So in the movie, we ignore obvious examples of signs of not, of not being healthy in favor of saying, but look how strong he is. So the same way that we can be thin and unhealthy, right? Diabetic, um, metabolic issues, uh, Alzheimer's, like we can be thin and have all these issues. Well, we can be strong and have issues. There are so many professional athletes who have large midsections. And as a matter of fact, let's take this even a step further. You know, what they're saying is that you can eat a fully carbohydrate diet and be satisfied and get out there and work out and be strong. And it's, this is all going to come together and be like, it's going to help you to be the best possible version of yourself. The thing that I want us to think about is how many times have we seen on the news? Have we, even if we know athletes ourselves, seen and understood that they are willing to push their bodies past the point that the rest of us would ever push our bodies to win. That there've been football players who have been, who've played on damaged ankles, just taping it up and giving themselves injections and continuing to go forward to win the game. That there've been athletes who push through the pain and some of them even to the point where they end up with permanent injuries because they needed to win. And you know what? All of that's amazing if it's your sport and it's what you want to do. My question is, can we then say that it's solely the food that's causing these gains that they're getting? Every single person, especially younger people, which most athletes are younger people, your body is made to survive. You're going to grow whether you have the best nutrients or the worst nutrients, as long as there's nutrients, your body's going to grow. We see this with children. We see this with adolescents. We want to feed them the best quality food that we can. But the truth is, even in poor neighborhoods, the children grow. Why? Because it's what our body does. So if I'm living in a situation where I'm eating a food substance that's not optimal, but I'm still working out, my body is still going to grow muscle. Why? Because growing muscle isn't solely based on the energy source. And it's not solely based on the protein type, right? You need both, but also if I have any protein, it'll work. Why? We are the most amazing um, machine ever. We recycle ourselves. And so 
as long as there's protein coming in, our body will figure out a way to continue to do what we need to do. Now, does it mean that we're going to be completely healthy? No. But if I'm trying to grow muscles and I'm still eating a protein source, will I grow muscle? Yeah, chances are I will. Will I grow as much muscle as I would have if I had a better protein source? No. But now these are the question marks, right? What makes a good source versus what makes a not great source? But the idea that by not eating meat, we won't be able to grow muscle, that's not an accurate idea because we're still eating a protein source, right? We're getting a plant-based protein source. So, right? And it's not because there's a low level of leucine because that's, you know, when they say it's not a complete protein source, yes, leucine is harder to get from vegetables than it is from meat. It's not because there's less leucine that there's none. So of course, you're still going to be able to grow some muscles. It's, the question is, we're talking about optimal now, right? And we're talking about, are there other things missing? So vitamins, minerals, are there other things missing that if I was getting them, I would be growing even better? Okay, so in the movie, they showed some studies on screen to prove their point. And so I, I had the opportunity to look up some of these studies. I didn't look them all up because I started to see a pattern. I just thought, okay, I want to go over a few of them just to show you something. Because I do think, again, they put these studies on the screen to prove to us that they have backing for what they're saying. The very first one I looked up was the nutritional consideration for vegetarian athletes. And the first thing I want to point out is that their definition of a vegetarian athlete was an athlete who didn't eat any flesh of an animal, but they were allowing for eggs. So right away, if I'm eating eggs, that means that I'm getting the complete amino acid profile. So that doesn't actually counter the idea that we shouldn't be eating meat and that we can actually get everything we need from just vegetation. That's the first point I want to make. But the second point I want to make is that they controlled for the athletes having supplement, supplemented before the study but not for what they were eating during the study. So, I mean, honestly, they could have been eating eggs every single day, or they could be eating eggs once a week. We have no idea. They didn't actually follow that. The conclusions that came from the study that they're saying proves their point actually were, the study suggests that people who do a vegetarian diet would benefit from increasing their protein intake to ensure that they receive enough leucine, which is the amino acid that's potentially deficient, the study also mentioned that non-heme iron would lead to iron deficiency because that's what they would be eating. The, also, the authors also reported that a functional anemia would impair the athlete's performance. They talked about a different kind of anemia as well, a macrocytic anemia, which would come from their lack of B12, which again is something that you get from eating meats. So the final conclusion was a well-planned, appropriately supplemented vegetarian diet doesn't seem to impair athletic performance. But there's no evidence to suggest that vegetarianism or omnivorism is better or worse. My point being, if I need to supplement, according to that first study, if I need to supplement, doesn't that mean it's not the optimal diet? The next study was the effects of an eight-week of whey or rice protein supplementation on body composition and exercise performance. First of all, again, there did not, there was no um, control for what the 
people were eating outside of the supplement. They were talking about whether or not they would have issues with recovery, soreness, and readiness to train. And the conclusion was there was no significant difference whether you're on whey or rice protein. The third study that I looked up was the role of amino acids, eat, eating amino acids and proteins in the promotion of resistance exercise, induce muscle protein and anabolism. And again, they concluded that there is still a lot to be learned and there's too much variability for a definitive answer. Now, you know, at some point you just get tired of seeing that the actual answer isn't vegetarianism is better. It's either it's no different or it's we need more research. But yet in this study, it's presented as if it's better. The other problem that I have is that when you look at the study that um, the football players did and they, you know, they spin the blood and everything, and I'm not even going to talk about that. My point was they gave burritos. If we're trying to test meat, why are we giving carbs alongside it? They're, they're acting as if the, the combination of carb and fat wouldn't make a difference, but we know that it does. So again, it's just a lot of question marks in my mind that I wonder why that, as one of the athletes said, he thought he was coming in to just eat a salad, why they didn't separate the things and like have one person eat a steak with no other carbs on the plate and one person eat just vegetation and then see the difference if that's what they were trying to solve and to test for. So a lot of question marks for me there. In the movie, they say, the one food that you can always rely on to be present no matter where you are is plant food. And I feel like, again, they're misleading people because if we didn't have a refrigerator, and we had to go outside today and get food. So I'm in Montreal right now and it's snowing outside and covered. In... Could I just walk outside and get vegetation to eat? No, but could I find a rabbit or a fox or something? Yeah, probably, right? Because we have those in Montreal. My point being, it's not plant food that we always have access to. There are always animals scurrying around. There's squirrels. There's, there's always animals scurrying around, not vegetation. Even that statement by itself is a blatant lie. But if we go to, okay, let's look at our neighbors who live in warm climates year round. Even they don't have access to every single fruit and vegetable throughout the entire year. Fruits and vegetables grow in seasons. And again, if we didn't have refrigerators or we didn't have the electrical devices that we currently have to grow things out of season, we would have to wait until it was available. And at that point, can we then say that vegetation is always available to us? No, actually we can't. The other thing that they said in the movie that defies my ability to comprehend is this idea that humans do not have any adaptations for eating meat and that all of our adaptations are for eating vegetation. Okay, so if we look at carnivores, carnivores have a short uh, digestive tract, they have acidic stomachs, and they have sharp teeth. If we look at herbivores, they have an extremely long digestive tract, a basic stomach, and flat teeth. But if you look at humans, what do they have? Well, they have 
a medium-sized digestive tract with an acidic stomach. So the acidic stomach helping them to process meat, the medium's length helping us to process some vegetation, and both sharp and flat teeth to allow us to eat meat and yet eat vegetation. Wouldn't that mean that we have the adaptation of being omnivores, which is exactly what we are? What's frustrating is that this movie is trying to suggest that we should be vegetarian, which would mean that we should never eat an animal when we have the adaptations to eat animals. This movie is trying to suggest that eating animals is bad, but eating vegetation is good, when sometimes when we eat vegetation, we have reactions to eating that vegetation. For example, gluten reactions and peanut allergies and all the things that have been happening that have been harming humans, presenting a one-sided vision of what's happening rather than a full understanding. I, again, I can't call this a documentary. Another thing that's mentioned in the movie is this idea that the only place we're going to be able to get vitamin C is in fruits and vegetables. And basically this whole idea that we need antioxidants and we need to eat fruits and vegetables. Multiple problems here. First of all, we do have antioxidants that we produce, uh, glutathione and uric acid, which are natural antioxidants that we make to help us in our antioxidant needs. I think the thing that I want to focus on is the vitamin C piece of the puzzle because one thing that we've learned is that vitamin C is necessary, but not in the amounts that we originally thought. And that the only reason humans need such a large amount of vitamin C is because we eat so much sugar. See, vitamin C and the sugar um, glucose have a similar structure. And when you have a lot of glucose in your, bo in your body, it competes for the same receptors that vitamin C should be re um, attaching to. Now here's the interesting thing, either having inflammation causes us to have a lot of uh, glucose in our body because in order for inflammasomes to work correctly, they need to have sugar so our body would produce it, or eating glucose helps us to have extra glucose in our body, which actually, interestingly enough, causes inflammation because when the body notices extra glucose, inflammasomes get deployed anyway. What we know is that carbohydrates help cause inflammation, and yet in the movie, they talk about how if you would eat more carbs, you were gonna somehow solve an inflammation issue. That one really had me shocked because it's absolutely opposite of what we know to be true. But even more importantly, if I'm going to eat vitamin C from fruits and vegetables, having it from orange juice is probably the worst place to get it because the sugar in the orange juice is going to compete with the vitamin C that I'm trying to get. And so now it's competing for the same receptor. In actuality, if we just eat less sugar, then the vitamin C that we get from meat products, so from animal products, would be enough to keep us healthy. Honestly, I feel like all I'm doing is giving you each section of the movie and telling you where the, the flaws were, but honestly, they actually said that our brain only uses sugar, and so therefore we have to eat large amounts of sugar. First and foremost, yes, some parts of our brain function only with sugar, but the majority of our brain can use sugar or um, ketones. But the other piece of the puzzle is, if we were to eat no sugar at all, 
our body would make sugar for our brain because it knows our brain needs it. The same way that our body would make the sugar that the other parts of our body needs because our body knows what we need. We don't need to eat sugar to feed our brain. And we've known that for years. But yet this movie is saying that we have to eat sugar to be able to fuel our brain. The other one that I loved was this interpretation that we developed the ability to see in color so that we could tell when fruits were ripe or not ripe. And I'm not going to deny that being able to see in color for sure helped us to be able to tell when fruits are ripe or not ripe. Here's the thing that I'm wondering about. Was seeing in color adaptive for that reason? And the reason I question that is this. You know, what's the worst thing that's going to happen if I can't see in color? Well, I know this because my nephew doesn't see in color. And when we went apple picking, the worst thing that happened was he had to pull on each apple to tell which one was ripe because when he pulled in, if it came off, you know it was ripe. If he pulled it and it didn't come off, he knew that it wasn't ripe yet, right? So he didn't need me walking beside him to say, that one's red, that one's still yellow, that one, right? He didn't need that. And the other piece of the puzzle is, even if he didn't know that piece of information, that if you pull on it and it comes off easily, that means it was ripe? Well, he certainly could pull it off, bite it, and if it tasted okay, he knew it was ripe. And the worst case scenario, if it didn't taste okay, I mean, it still fuel him, right? It just wouldn't be tasting great. So what would be another great reason for us to be able to see in color? How about the fact that when you can see in color, if there's a lion or a tiger or any other animal that would try to eat you hiding in tall grass, since grass is green and the animal is a different color, with color vision, you'd be able to tell that there was an animal over there waiting to eat you. Wouldn't that seem like a much more realistic reason why we would develop color vision than to be able to see the color of fruit? But as they would have us believe, the most important thing that we can do with our color vision is not detect predators and run away. It's pick fruit while the lion is chomping on my leg. This movie was frustrating. Frustrating for so many reasons. But I have an understanding of maybe why they would want people to not eat animals. And I think it's coming from the fact that the way that we farm animals is pretty horrible. And that I agree with. They don't mention that in the movie, interestingly enough. They're, they're trying to push this idea that this is all about our health. Yet everything in there seems to suggest that they don't necessarily care about our health because otherwise you'd present the research properly and you'd present history properly. What I think is more about saving the animals, and you know what? I agree. We could be treating animals better. I think that if I'm going to eat a cow or a chicken, that while it was alive, it should have been able to roam free, live a life, in whatever positive way it could possibly live its life. So, you know, eating and moving around and whatever cows and chickens and all these other animals, pork and that we eat do. And then when it's time to harvest, you harvest. I disagree with the way that animals are treated, but do I think that I should sacrifice my health or the health of my family so that we could treat an animal better? Well, I say no to that for one simple reason. What happens to all these animals, right? So we're not going to eat them. Um, what happens to them? If we need to be conscious of the fact that when animals roam around with other animals, they get eaten. 
Nobody feels bad when the lion attacks the cow or the buffalo or whatever and eats it. But for some reason, if a human eats a cow, it's a problem. And honestly, I don't agree with that. Whatever is going to help a human to be healthy should be done. And then we should take our good health and use it in a positive way to treat the food that we're growing properly. So that, number one, we feed it what it's supposed to be fed, which we don't always do. We feed grain to our cows and, and poor quality everything to our cows and our pigs and our chickens and our... So we should feed them properly and then we should harvest them humanely. We've stopped using people for entertainment to the death and we've stopped, we, we try to stop cockfights and dogfights and, and we need to treat the food that we're growing better. And will I agree with that? Absolutely. Would it have been a better movie if they would have talked about that? Absolutely. Do I agree with what they've said in this movie about health? Not at all. This is unfortunate because I really, I went into this movie thinking that maybe it was going to be a movie that would help us better understand food and how it can be used in a healthy way to fuel us. And I feel like I found a movie that's full of acting. And I mean, you know, that's okay, but it should be presented as a movie. It wasn't a movie that was made towards our health as much as it was made to try to accomplish something that I'm not really sure is about humans being healthy. It's tough because I do think we need to respect our food, whether it's plants and growing them in a way that is clean for humans to eat or animals, growing them in a way that is healthy for them and clean for us to eat. Unfortunately, the way that we grow our animals causes them to need antibiotics just to be able to survive those situations. If that's what I need to do to keep this animal in that condition, why am I not questioning that condition that I'm keeping the animal in? It's something that I don't understand. So I definitely want everyone to consider that there's another way to do this. I hope we find a better way to do it, but to say that the answer is humans never eating meat again, I don't believe that's the answer. To say that the answer is lying to people about how vegetation only is actually a solution that's going to work for everyone, I don't believe is the answer because we will never work out to the level of an athlete. I shouldn't say that. The average person will never work out to the level of an athlete and therefore that extra level of carbohydrates will cause them to gain weight and whether you're an athlete or not, eating that level of carbohydrates is causing internal damage. As we saw, that one like guy that he had that stomach, and there were a few others in there that didn't have the flattest of stomachs either, even though they work out like crazy. Kind of makes you wonder, why is it that your stomach isn't super flat if you work out as much as you do? Nobody's looking at that part of the story. But I do, because I want you guys to understand that there's more to this than just eat vegetation, everything's going to be okay. You know, and I do agree that we all should be eating whole foods regardless of what kind of diet we're doing. And that part of the movie, I can definitely agree with that whole foods are the thing that's going to help you to be healthier. I really hope you guys found this video helpful. Uh, for those of you who aren't subscribed, 
I want to encourage you to take the time to subscribe now. For all the rest of my wellness warriors, I want to remind you that I do have a Patreon account. You can go to Patreon slash Violet Rivera if you want to contribute to the production of some of these videos. I'm also going to put a link to um, a book that I've been reading recently um, down at the bottom for, for Amazon. And for anybody who shops on Amazon frequently, the other thing you can do is take that Amazon link, put it on your desktop and label it Amazon. And then anytime you click on it to do your Amazon shopping, um, a percentage of that would go to production of videos. I want to thank you for watching Mind Blowing Health and Wellness with Violet. I love making these videos for you guys, and I really look forward to seeing you next week.